0: and welcome back to the Ground and Pound Premium Podcast. I am your host, Sean, PSU fans 2 Newsom. Joining me as always is Mike H3, Buddha Brown. Mike, how are you doing on this lovely day?
1: Well, we're looking to get the beat down on our opponents here for this massive card, 261, three title fights. I think it's been as high as 15 fights, Sean, already down to 13. What are you going to do, okay? A couple people getting sick already um hopefully uh we stay together here at 13 and knock on wood all the title fights stay it's an interesting card uh, a lot of different directions you can go uh i think it's really cool too to have three title fights on the first round of the um mma qualifier we have a bunch of roto grinders people in there friends of the roto grinders we have our buddy there squirrel and he's got a multiple seats i'm pretty sure in the qualifier i'm in it as well uh, you know a couple of the other guys fans of uh, roto grinders you know chips war metals wise guys sunzu sunzu's done some content with uh, brett over the years gq y2kc and big marley big marley's been on uh, here roto grinders with uh Apley a bunch of times yeah a bunch of good guys we're all in there battling it out Remembering that one kind of think about uh, cash game right you know 100 goes down to 50 sean 50 goes down to 25 and then it's a, a free for all right you got to kind of go crazy but uh, you don't want to you know Go nuts on the first round. I think it's really interesting, though, with having these three title fights. Many different ways you can go, um, but I love this card. You know, when you have three round, uh, three five round fights, it really adds a wrinkle to the whole, the whole card. Um, you know, especially having fights with five rounds that are expected go, to go to the decision too. Um, it provides you know that stacking opportunity that we normally wouldn't completely go towards. Um, we have some older guys. I was talking pre card to Sean about, um, the Asian market, They're trying to definitely penetrate that market. Cause I think they're going to go China after, you know, this COVID stuff is completely done here. Uh, it's open up over there. So they have, you know, three Asian fighters back to back making their deb- debuts. I think that's kind of what they're trying to do here. Um, we're going to try to get through the card as fast as we possibly can, Sean, but, uh, you know, it, it is a fun card to break down.
0: Yeah, no, there's a lot more going on uh, this week than there normally is. So hopefully you guys enjoy everything we have for you. Um, good news. We have a, another listener league that we will post uh, the details for in the Discord. Uh, we'll give more information about that as we go. Hopefully the same person doesn't win again, despite how amazing they are. We, let's hope we can spread some love and someone else can can take down that, that elite person. Right, Mike? Yeah,
1: it's rigged, and the, the best part is it's so rigged he was sleeping during the last fight, and the big underdog wins.
0: I, I was sleeping during the last four fights. I was <laughs> I was one and one when I went to bed and, and woke up with the win, but uh, yeah, so we're going to have a listener league. We also have a sponsor for this show, which can get you guys a great deal for Monkey Knife Fight, which we will bring up later in our show as well, so I think those are all the bits of information, so we will get started here. Uh, First fight to start the night, we have Rong Zhu versus Kazula Vargas. Um, Zhu has the best odds to get a finish on the entire slate, almost 50%, and they have a massive uh, favorite upside projection, one that is right up there with the higher end three-round fights we seek. So, Mike, what do you like with this fight?
1: Yeah, so I don't know what they're going to do with the order here in the beginning. I know Rongzhu is uh, definitely in a smash spot here. Um, They could put the women's fight first. I've seen different orders, so always keep an eye out on that. But uh, yeah, Rongzhu is definitely one of these Asian prospects, I guess you can say, prospects um, that is trying to make a name for himself here, uh, coming in against Vargas, who Vargas last time out, I mean, he seems like an action fighter. I think the big thing is, I always, even on these cards that we have 13 fights, we have to be targeting these fights that have action labeled on them. I think there should be some action. This guy um, totally seems like he's kill or be killed he was putting it on Brock Weaver last time out. Um, he's basically that uh, historical like boxer keep it range, but you know, he's got some pressure to him. I think zoo is the one who's going to be bringing the pressure to Vargas. I think he does clearly uh, have some more power than Vargas. I think Vargas would be more, you know, volume at range. Um, the big thing for me is like you said, it's that value on zoo. He got, uh, the most opportunity, according to Vegas, to finish this fight inside the distance. And he's not even the highest priced guy. Um, we'll talk about it through this card. How do you build your lineups, right? Um, are you going to build your lineups with, hey, people are going to start their lineups with like an Usman, but right away you start building with Zoo. If he finds a first round finish, you're just going to be. Uh, loving it Uh, you know there's different ways to go now let's talk about Vargas I think he's an interesting play uh, 7100 he opens up a lot of things there's not a ton of dogs I really would say I love I think there's dogs that will score Um, I think that upside means more in a card like this than the actual money line side of things you know I think there's that mid-range that presents some upside Vargas is just interesting I mean he seems like a guy like I said that likes action um questionable last time out with that knee that uh, got him disqualified and I think that's why the betting line is the way it is you know I'm if for some reason you know you look at it uh it maybe should be a little bit closer than it is with Rung being a uh, minus two fifty, and like you said, he he strongly is inside the distance because he seems like an action fighter, and Vargas is very middling. Like I said, he's not very good. Um, yeah, it, it definitely seems like a fight I'm going to target both of these guys. It makes sense I'm going to be looking at Zoo first, um, but there should be some interesting leverage, a little bit of leverage on Vargas um, if people you know are going to play a card like this and they ma- immediately put Zoo in because hey uh he's got the best inside the distance there might be other spots where we we might be able to get some grappling upside so um definitely zoo a guy i'm going to look at vargas i'm going to sprinkle in a little bit but um yeah let's uh, keep it rolling
0: yeah it'll definitely be interesting every time we have three main events that ends up being three five round fights so you have a situation where you have guys that will be less owned compared to what they would normally be on a normal card so Definitely something to do. And as Mike mentioned, yeah, make sure you are checking out for the schedule. Uh, it may be different than what we give as an order, but that's just the nature of the beast with everything changing all the time with COVID. So, Alright, on to the next fight. We have Dana Batagero versus Kevin Natividad. Um, the top end of this card has a lot of amazing fighters, but the bottom of this card has some other insane fighters that just are not great uh, as we've sort of talked about with a lot of people that are coming in for their first fight. So um, this fight looks to be pretty, not great to me on either side. Do you say anything differently, Mike?
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, I agree with this. Um, I think it's two strikers and we are just on repeat. It's a rinse and repeat. Every single card out. I'm always going to bring up the high opportunity for these fights to go to the decision and it being a striking fight. We just can't possibly really, be targeting these guys without the upside we see on every card sean that the, the these dogs have to be finishing their opponent or having a dominant performance um betta is an interesting case like he should win this fight but i just think that it's based upon volume you look at his stats he's throwing out 5.66 significant strikes per minute then you look at it coming back on the negativity scene man he's absorbing damage he's getting hit 3.74 significant strikes, that's really a glaring issue for me. So I do really think that, um, you know, Batagraw wins the decision here. It's a fight that I don't have a ton of interest. The thing I would be interested in is Net- if I knew that Natividad Dad would try to grapple, he's going to have a full camp under his belt this time. I think that's the big thing, um, you know, really kind of like the X factor of this fight. Last time out, he came on, I believe it was six days notice against Miles Johns, really tough opponent, really tough stylistic matchup for him. Um, he would get out grappled in that fight. Um, you know, Batty Grail is like one-dimensional. He's really not going to be trying to grapple. He's going to be trying to strike. And uh, again, Vegas again says, hey, Batty Growl got a knockout last time. Not dad got knocked out last time. Well, you know, he's going to get a knockout. That's just not simply how it works. Um, I, like I say, I think dad has got a better chin than we saw in that first round. Uh, sorry that first fight and um you know heck if he's able to somehow implement some grappling which I do think he probably has better grappling than Bat-A-Grawl, um, maybe that does negate itself and then it ends up being a fight against the cage that's my big concern I don't see a huge amount of upside in this fight um and that's why I really don't want to target a fight like this on a massive card with 13 fights and those five rounders
0: definitely and, and something that I would say is most of these pay-per-view fights and cards, we're not seeing these type of fighters on them where there's just very weak fighters. This is something that's not even happened, even with the congestion we've seen. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. And, and like you said, and we said leading into it, it's this Asian market they're trying to penetrate. It's like, um, I I don't want to say like, it's a bad thing, but Asian uh, Chinese prospects have never really, shined until we had the Wiley Zang that's in um, the, one of the five round title fights that she looks like she's going to be a champion for the next, like, geez, years um, per, perhaps, but um, uh, they're just not, you know, wrestlers, Sean, they're not great at, you know, scrapping out a win. They're just there to kind of stand and trade. And that's historically what you see. You think of these Brazilian guys, jiu-jitsu, Sean, uh, American wrestling, um, that's the problem. And that's why you get this watered down, um, fighting where it's both, you know, like I say, we're, we're targeting fights that have action and then we're going to have to target both sides of it. Obviously we distribute how we know how we have an edge. If we know that we can g- garner ownership against the fighter. Um, if I knew, you know, for instance, that somebody would go in there and nail three or four takedowns, I'd be targeting him. That's why I think he's in play, Sean, but it's such a lower percentage outcome. I don't want to target that in the long run.
0: Yeah, definitely makes sense. All right, on to the next fight, which again, uh, looks very poor to me. It looks like probably the worst fight on the card. Uh, Moneyball16 agrees. He has this as the 13th of 13 fights to target. Uh, Patrick Sabatini versus Tristan Conley. Uh, This is Sabatini's UFC debut. Well, Conley is 1-0. It is expected to go to decision quite frequently. So do you see anything that you can pick out of this one, Mike?
1: Yeah, that's the thing here. Again, another striker type fight here. Um, I have that the big X factor in this fight for me is Tristan Connolly. Um, he is coming down a weight division so late in his career. We just saw that happen with Sam Alvey and he didn't have success. I thought he would have size in that fight. I wonder if Tristan will, um, you know, have a little size, a little bit. Um, uh, 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 that's the big X factor for me. I think Sabatini is more well rounded. Um, that's the big thing. He originally was going to come into a fight, Sabatini, and be late notice, and he was a big dog. Um, he's been a champion in outside promotions. He's well-rounded. He's got a wrestling base. He's that type of historical fighter that's like that American guy, that American type wrestling base striker. That's what is almost foolproof in matchups. When you have a Connolly type of guy who's, his best attributes, his durability, his cardio, and, um... You know, I guess you can say striking is, is a bit of his advantage, but I just think Sabatini's youth will win him in this fight here. Um, I think he's kind of like a small secondary punt upside. No one's going to go to him. 8,800, um, a guy that has that wrestling base. What happens if Connolly has a crappy weight cut and Sabatini just takes him down at will? Those points are going to be racking up fantastic for us. Um, we'd love to see that. Um, but like you said, the betting odds side of things – Um, I don't love the, that side of things. It's only a minus one, uh, 220. There's better, stronger plays above Sabatini, like I mentioned. Um, and you know, plus two fifty five to finish. That's what we're looking for. We want finishers on, on a card like this, where, like I say, that there's a lot of wrestling type fighters mixed in with those finishers. Um, I don't really have a huge amount of interest. I actually, I would say personally, I have a little bit more interest. If Connelly makes weight, make sure you look at weigh-ins. All, these, all the news will come out later on Friday that everyone makes weight. I think Connolly, if he looks good, I might take some punts at him because he will have win equity a little bit more than normal uh, if he does come into this fight in shape because I think he could have durability. And if Sabatini blows his load by trying to grapple, I think Connolly can take over late and outstrike him the further the fight goes.
0: For sure. All right, on to the next slide. This one appears to be a bit better fight to target to me. Uh, we got Brendan Allen versus Carl Roberson. These fighters are effectively tied if the fight makes it to a decision, but Allen has added upside if it ends early. Um, It seems like it could be a decent one to target. So which ones do you like here, Mike?
1: Both guys. It's, it's hard to ignore both guys on a slate like this. Um, th- this is one of those fights I always historically say, you know, you've got to be looking at right away. Um, there's grappling, there's striking, there's multiple ways that this fight can go. And I really think that it is an elite fight on a card like this, where whoever scores in this fight is going to score just so damn well for what their salaries are. 8400 on the Allen side. 7,800 on Robertson. Uh, Robertson's one of those guys that I don't like when he's taken down at will and he's on his back. It's just not good. He's almost like a fish out of water. Um, people are able to implement their will. Um, it's, it's it's not good. But I think he's kind of like an X factor on this card. At 7,800, man, if, if he finishes Allen, and, you know, we've seen Allen, the leader of the fight goes, man, he looks like he's gassing out. It, it's weird. Outside of the UFC, he had a decent gas tank. And uh, he could go the three rounds and hold, uh, hold up pretty well. Um, I, I just don't know if he's going to be able to get Robertson down at will and be able to find that success that we hope he does. Uh, he's, he's definitely a strong play. I mean, minus 155, fantastic at that price point, 8400 But even better is the plus 140 inside the distance. Um, you look at the other side, Robertson, I think he could have success on the feet. Plus 240, um, not bad at all. I like to punt with guys that have upside. I'm probably going to be a little bit more on Robertson than Allen. Cause I am hoping the general public are going to get behind the Allen. You know, we've seen the Allen Allen brothers, both of them, um, kind of be the, um, the new toy per se that everybody wants to play with. Um, I, I just wonder about the grappling side of things. What happens if it negates itself? I mean, there's a small percentage that both of these guys stand and trade and, um, maybe durability comes into play a little bit more than it should. Um, it's just Allen's been absorbing quite a bit of damage on the feet, almost five significant strikes per minute. It, again, it's not sustainable. That's one of the first stats. When I break down a fight, I look at is stripes absorbed because you can't be sustainable by uh, getting hit more than what you're putting out. He's putting out three and a half. And he's getting hit five. That's just not good for Allen. Um, you know, both of them have the 50% takedown defense. I really think it does come down to who gets that top position. That's going to be huge for him, uh, this fight robertson being the southpaw i think has that high kick too i think that'll come into play definitely an elite fight to target I'm, i like robertson for that small little uh salary savings at 7800 but um yeah definitely a fight i'm going to be having a lot of in this
0: card yeah that makes sense all right the next slide we have dwight grant versus stefan sekelick um grant wins are expected to be a lot shorter than sekelick which makes him be more appealing
1: Yeah, definitely. That's the big thing. Grant is an interesting case here. Um, He is a strong play pretty much uh, on any card that he's fighting on because he fights at such a high pace. It's a striking base, heavy hands. Um, Last time out was just, I I thought it was an awesome fight against Daniel Rodriguez. He hurt Rodriguez in that fight. Both guys got knockdowns. Rodriguez knocked him down more times and knocked him out um, um, than Grant. Um, You know, it's, we know what Daniel Rodriguez says. He stands in the pocket and trades. He's got heavy hands. But, you know, uh, Grant is willing to do that. And when he's going to have such a huge advantage on the feet, I think he will be able to shine. I think this fight obviously very clearly comes down to Sekulitz's um, durability. If he's able to hold up, I think this fight just busts as a whole. There's no way in hell this fight scores very well if Sekulitz holds up. Um, Again, both guys have decent records, you know. uh, Sekulitz being 10-3 and and – you know, raw grants being twelve and three. You know, both of these guys uh, have sustainability in the UFC. I just worry about uh, Dwight. Does he gas out? I mean, he he kind of puts the pedal to the metal if he finds his opponent hurt or if he finds success on the feet. He pushes forward and he can, tends to gas out a teeny bit. So if Sekulitz can hang in there, it would be interesting. I just don't think that even if Sekulitz wins, I don't think it's going to be enough like leverage. I don't think it would be a huge score. I think he kind of just grinds out a a eh win. And I don't think that's going to be enough. So, you know, Grant is certainly a play on this card. Um, It's just, I I don't know. He's in a tricky spot, you know, 9,200. You have main event pieces around him, Sean. People aren't going to want to press a guy that's not going to get five rounds. Um, plus 110 inside the distance it's because he's got the heavy hands like I said but you know it's not like a guy that's like minus 150 right Sean you know I mean if it was minus 150 I'd be looking at him a little bit stronger than a guy that's a little bit higher than a 50-50 shot at finishing inside the distance on a card like this
0: definitely I mean yet you will see guys that are more expensive not really be utilized due to like being five round fights that will take precedence over them. So it's definitely a good way to get leverage in those GPPs if you do something like that. All right, next fight, we have Randy Brown versus Alice Oliveira. Uh, this fight's rescheduled from a couple months ago. Um, neither of these guys really are going to have tons of upside here, so I'm not really enthused about this fight. Do you see anything you like out of this one, Mike?
1: Yeah, I, this is one of the ones that's really interesting because both of these guys like really need a win in the UFC. I mean, Alex Cowboy Oliveira has been a fantastic fun fighter um, over his career. Um, you know, as much as we joke about, you know, he's got like uh, 13 kids from five different wives on his block um, in the favelas of Brazil. Um he's got, he's, he's well-rounded. I mean, he's got a little bit of everything, not fantastic anywhere. Um, I, I think he might have a little bit of a BJJ edge against Brown. Um, I I worry about Brown's durability. Um, You know, he, we've seen him hurt in the past. um, And that's not something I like to see Um, long-term. It, it just this type of fight to me screams dog or pass just based upon the salaries. Again, Randy's in one of those situations where um, at 8,700, you're going to be needing a finish. I think 85 to 86 is where you're okay with winning points, but we're going to need finishes at this rate. Um, you know, the big thing is he should be able to have success on the feet. The 3.6 significant strikes per minute um, is okay. It's good. This um, takedown defense, 70%, not going to be bad. I just worry about Oliveira's um The longer the fight goes, he's been gassing out. Um, You know, he might win a round. He could scratch out the win uh, the second round even. If he's able to, you know, do uh, just enough on the ground to keep it from being stood up, I think he could win some rounds. 7,500, I'm willing to take some punts on him. Um, That win equity keeps going down. He's plus 125. Um, Last time out, he was, um, I guess he got some poor news about one of the health of one of his kids. So he wasn't in the right mind space, he said. And he didn't look great. He missed weight. Um, again, I think I'm going to wait and see how he looks on the scale and how the face-off really looks to this fight for me to really kind of hone in and see what I'm going to do on a fight like this. But again, plus one ninety for Brown. He's he's in play. He's just not a strong play on a card like this that has so many different options.
0: For sure. All right. Next fight, we got Jimmy Croot versus Anthony Smith. A crew could rack up a lot of takedowns here. Smith has really struggled to defend takedowns. So I think Jimmy crew has a decent chance to put up a pretty good score here. Um, I think he's one of the better plays on the slate for a five round fight. Do you agree with that take Mike?
1: Yeah. And that's the big thing. This is where we have the edge. Sean is on when we have these grapplers that grapple at such a heavy, heavy um, pace and we know that they're going to go out there and try to attempt almost five takedowns per 15 minutes. That's what we like to see. Then you add in, God, this guy is evolving. His striking is getting better. Um, He's almost four and a half significant strikes per minute. He's not even absorbing damage because most of the time he's taking his opponents down, but he's not getting hit. It's almost two strikes per minute. So it's those types of things where obviously Smith has probably better credentialed striking. The guy clearly has poor takedown defense, 51 percent takedown defense this looks like a smash spot on paper for me I just think Krupp will be able to implement his will and kind of chip away uh early at him maybe have some success on the feet move in get that takedown boom we're right we're racking up a ton of points I think Krupp could go overlooked I hope to god he goes overlooked on a card like this 8900 is a direct path to points for us um I I just think that in Krupp's wins he's going to score so darn well that we're going to love it and let's look at, you know, Kroot's loss. I mean, the loss against Misha Sirkinoff, that's a guy who can reverse you. Once it's on the mat, he can reverse you. Once he's got top position, you're done. The guy's just an ace on the ground. And I think he learned from that fight. He knows not to um, get in spots where he can get reversed. Anthony Smith's not that guy. That guy's going to just flop on his back, and he's not really going to give a lot off his back. He's going to hope it gets back up, you know, stall out on the ground. But Kroot's smart enough to keep moving on the ground, keep advancing, keep getting elbows, keep striking on the map that I think we could even find a finish on the ground. I really like crude on this card. I think he's a guy that can completely break the card open, um, you know, compared to those high, high nine K guys, um, you know, his wins, you know, 117 138 these are all first round finishes, you know, it, even if it goes to the decision, I think it's a dominant win. I think you can blanket him for 10 minutes, which is a great floor for us for those, uh, you know, control points, but I think he's going to be able to get strikes and, you know, mix in maybe, maybe Smith gets up once or twice. We'd love that. And Crute just rinse, repeat, get those takedowns. So again, I really like crude on a card like this, but um, did we miss two fights in the beginning here, Sean? I, I we're, we're ripping through the card here. We're almost to, you know, the last couple, but we had two fights that I, I, I didn't get to see yet. Uh, the uh, Jeff Molina and the Ariane Carolsi. Um, if you want to bang out those two real quick, uh, I'd be happy to do so, but uh, I, I, I think you probably scrolled down and missed those two.
0: You are correct. I had my spreadsheet scroll down to where it was below those. So, thank hey, you we, hey, hey, they're so poor, we probably don't even want to go but They're, they're not the best. Although, the, the, the Carnalosi and Lang, which we'll start with. So, yeah. we have Ariana Carnalosi versus Na Lang. Uh, it's expecting to be a shockingly short fight for women's yeah. fight. Um, so, this could actually be a fight to target. And Moneyball 16 has this as the best non-main event to target on the slate. What do you think, Mike?
1: How many cards, Sean, do we get dealt a hand where um, we have a fighter that's expected strong inside the distance um, in under you know under the the threshold you think she'd be? Carolosi is minus one ten to finish this fight inside the distance at eighty six hundred. I think everybody's going to be clicking her name and rightfully so. Lang has been fighting just the bottom barrel uh, Asian fighters oversee. It's Cardinal fight really to lose. It does make a lot of sense on paper. I wonder about the striking aspect of this fight. That's the only slight concern I have. Uh, Nali Yang comes in with a six inch reach advantage. A little bit of concern there for me, but you know, hey, stuff happens. Okay, I think Conor Lacy is a smart fighter. She can get top position. She just got her black belt in BJJ recently. It's her sophomore outing. She knows what she's got to do in the octagon. She's already made that walk. How many times have we seen these fighters come in? Like Liang is this fighter that has been rolling over just absolute crap competition. Her last fight out. How many times do you see a fighter come into the UFC coming off of a win against a zero and zero opponent? Almost. You know, probably 1% of fighters. There's no way that happens. Um, and I just don't see her having success on the map. She obviously have to get top positions against Conor And it's just Conor is such a strong play on a card like this. It's obvious minus 220, 8600. She's the value play of the week, Sean. Like, we're, I keep saying it, we get doubt these hands every single card. Long term, we have to be playing these types of fighters, Sean. But um, I just don't even know how Liang scores over three rounds. Um, she'd definitely be an insane leverage if she does win this fight, but uh, minus 110, 8,600. Give me that
0: all day. Definitely, for sure. On the other end of the spectrum, we have Ori Klang versus Jeff Molina. This fight looks like a stinker. I'm going to keep it short. Do you see anything that would be different than that viewpoint?
1: Not really. Um, like you said, it's, it's kind of like stuck in a range, you know, the 8,200 8, for Iori and 8,000 for Molina. It's stuck where... You're going to need these guys to be dominant to pay off that 8,000. Like, they need to um, control against the cage, get those takedowns, um, because I think it's going to be a striking affair. I think Molina comes from the better solid camp. Um, I think he'll have volume on the feet. I think that's the big thing for me. Molina is more technical on the feet than um, Ayori. Ayori will push forward. He's a little bit of a wild man. He's kind of like the big X-factor finish upside guy, I would say, Ayori, because he's just – He's not very uh, refined or technical. He just kind of goes for it in there. Um, I think that we could see success from Molina. Um, I think Molina will probably close. It's like minus 130. I think you'll see some more steam on him. We've seen some steam already on him. And I think that's what, where people are going to go. You know, People are going to say 8,000. I don't need a lot for him to pay off. Um, I wonder if maybe he does like knock him down or find... This somehow this way finds it to the mat and the kind of exploited on the ground. That's kind of how I see it in my head. But um, again, this is your classic flyweight fight. I like to over a long term. I love targeting flyweight fights because they're just the weight division dictates a lot of durability and a lot of strikes. It's just, you know, staying in the pocket and trade or scramble for takedowns, find those top positions. So, you know, I do like Molina here. I think he's an interesting play at 8,000. And that's why I, I probably will be clicking his name. And again, it's not a lot of points. It's plus, 380 to finish inside the distance from Lena versus Iori's plus 430. So, you know, a dog with slight upside, I guess, not really plus 380. Not a lot we'd like to look at, but um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's where I stand on those two. So, you know, although we blew through these two pretty quickly, I do think there's some interest in these two uh, first fights of the night.
0: Definitely. All right. Now we can revert back to where we were before my mistake. Uh, We have Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. Uh, Hall is a small underdog in this fight. However, he's quite a bit more likely to get a finish in this fight. So I think you're gonna see quite a bit of people play him. Uh, Do you like him at all here, Mike? Or do you like Weidman at all?
1: Um, You know, this is one of the interesting ones on the card because it's two veterans that we know what their game plans are. We know what they wanna do when they get in the octagon. Um, I, I really, really think that Weidman needs to get this thing to the mat and get it to the mat pretty quickly um i just i also think that um you know uriah hall has fight ending power throughout the entire fight um we saw him last time anderson he retired anderson silver it's crazy to say that uriah hall is the guy to do it but um you know he's got flashy kicks he's got heavy hands and it it stays a lot what has been weidman's problem weidman just doesn't have a chin um so i mean his real direct path is going to be get this fight to the mat as fast as possible let's talk about like you know win equity wise you know Weidman's minus 125 range it's been flip-flopping all week I think you know that name value builds in you know Weidman oh this guy was champion why is he undervalued here um, I, I really do think that um, Weidman can land takedowns you look at Paul's historical um, fights it's 70% takedown defense pretty much but man, you know, he's getting taken down by guys like Antonio Carlos Jr. That's not good at all. You don't want to see that. We saw that he has subpar wrestling. When you're taking on a state champion and like Chris Weidman, um, that's just not good to see. Um, I just, uh, I, I think this is an interesting fight to target. But I worry about the bust potential, Sean. What happens if these two guys stalemate and it ends up being a kickboxing master three rounds? We, we could see this fight bust. That's why I think it is kind of like a dog or pass because, you know, Weidman took the path of least resistance last time out by implementing his wrestling again, which is what we want to see. Um, Just God, don't get caught, Chris. Um, We've seen him hurt so many times. So I do like this fight to target. Um, It's just, it's stuck in an interesting range where um, I, I don't know if I really can pull
0: the trigger. No, I mean, that definitely makes a lot of sense. All right, everybody. We are going to head off into the three main events now. And just so that we can go over everything, Mike, do you have anything else you want to add with that last fight?
1: Uh, no, no, no. We, I was, was going to talk about the monkey knife fight, but uh, I was also just going to say check the chat log too. Um, but yeah, take the read.
0: Gotcha. All right. So we have a special sponsor for this fight uh, and so you guys, some of you may have heard them. Some of you may have not. Hopefully you will be interested after today. Uh, and that is Monkey Knife Fight. And now through April 30th, when you make your first deposit on Monkey Knife Fight, we'll instantly match it up to $100. That means twice as much fun and twice as much cash you can win uh, with the use of, Roto, or of the code grinders. So for anyone that wants to get access to that go to monkeyknifefight.com when you go to sign up type in the code grinders and they'll match a hundred dollars for you instantly with that sign up bonus so great promotion i hope everyone goes over and checks out what the guys over at monkey knife fight have to get started with so we will get heading into the main events here and we'll give you a couple tips and picks with monkey knife fight in mind as well when we're doing it. So the first of the three main events that we have here is Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. Uh, it's the first of the three five round fights. Andrade's fights are typically fought at an extremely high DFS pace. Uh, so it looks like there should be quite a bit of fantasy goodness in this. Uh, but Mike, why don't you get started and why don't you give your thoughts on the monkey Night fight side of this fight and then we'll give the DFS picks as well.
1: Yeah, Monkey Knife Fight, man. I love this, Sean. Uh, we talked about it pre uh, going on live here. Uh, I love that we're going against the house. I mean, everybody wins when we do that, right? I hate going against these pros, these, these guys that get better and better. They have these systems and, you know, you, you're constantly getting these awesome old guys, these squirrel patrols. They're just taking over the lobbies. Monkey Knife Fight's one of those places where we can team up and go against the house. I love this spot on monkey knife fight because of the pace like you said um, both of these ladies uh, I this five round fight you're getting a great floor I think 61 and a half is very low for both of these ladies um, let's just you know look at you know historically Valentina doesn't strike at a huge rate um, uh, which is a little bit concerning but I think that she can get um, some top position and get those significant strikes from us for us um over five rounds look at some of her wins she's had 89 significant strikes when there's a willing partner to trade with her which Andrade will sit in the pocket and trade with you all day long and I think she that's she's got volume striking Andrade I love both overs on this one but let's talk about the breakdown side of things I mean Valentina man she's just the killer absolute stone cold killer in there um I worry about finishing upside in this fight uh We see two back-to-back five-round fights here where um, there doesn't seem to be, uh, you know, it's like 50-50 pretty much to go to the decision. This one is uh, sticking at minus 105 right now, and that's where of the three fights, I'm a little bit concerned about this one scoring tremendously well. I do see it being kind of a kickboxing match because Andrade does have that BJJ. Um, we saw her actually finish her opponent last time out with a body shot. So she does have power. It's definitely the the most difficult opponent that we've seen Valentina have to face. Um, but again, this is Valentina Sochenko. You're talking about she's got durability. She's got gas tank for days. She's got wrestling. If she needs to go that route. Um, she's got the, just a pinpoint striking. And I think that's where she outclasses on everywhere. I was struggling to see why the line was so damn wide on this fight when I first saw it on paper, but it makes sense. Valentina has her every single department Andraj's X factor has to be, uh, her heavy hands, her heavy striking. I just don't know if Valentina allows it to get to the range where, uh, Andrade can push her against the cage, find these body shots, find these heavy hooks that she throws. Um, I, I do think that, uh, this fight does go to decision. That's why of the three fights, I have the least interest of all of them. Now let's talk about like uh, you know, game theory standpoint, all these types of things. Androids is in a situation where you're going to need her at eight, at 6,700 scoring points over five rounds is fine for us. Like cash games we're happy all day long. Right. Sean, but to win a GPP, she's not going to be a fighter that can win you a GPP. Right. I mean, you're going to need those win points unless there was like 200 significant strikes, which I can't possibly see that happening. Um, I, I I just think that Valentina wins five rounds here pretty clearly. And, um, like I say, I still like the over on both of these fighters for their monkey night fight totals. It's because you have that baseline, um, five rounds, both of these girls will strike. I think their, their takedowns are negated and, um, it's it's the one that i'm probably not gonna be jamming in every single lineup because even in valentina wins um it's it's saying it's a plus 125 inside the distance i I don't even know if that's a true line because valentina is kind of like her opponents need to come forward enough for her to just finish them like she's been dealt a lot of hands where Fighters will just play right into our game plan. I think Andrade will fight a smart game plan, stay at range, try to strike at volume. And that's why I like both overs on this fight for the totals.
0: Yep. And just so we double down on that, that is over 61 and a half strikes, significant strikes from both fighters in this fight. All right. Into the next fight, we have Wei Zhang versus Rose Namajunas. Uh, this one has the highest chance of the five rounders to be an upset and both of their fights are generally fought at a really good pace. So Mike, I'll let you get into the monkey knife fight thoughts again, and then go into the DFS thoughts of this fight as well.
1: Hey, there's a running theme. You give me five rounds and two women. I'm taking both overs, Sean. Give me the over on Wiley Zing, 83 and a half. That line should be 95. That is insane. She's just striking at – if she's got a, a fight where she can fight another woman on the feet for five rounds, this girl is putting out insane volume, and she can do it, and it's sustainable. She's got the gas tank. Rose Nami Yunus, give me the other side. Give me the over on that one, 81 and a half. Fantastic line on that one. We've seen her go five rounds in the past rows. And um, you know, same thing. Uh she, if she can't have that success taking her fighters down, she will have output on the feet and she can be sustainable. Johanna Jan Jack, 105 strikes. That's in a decision win against her. Fantastic to see. That's what we like. Um, so I like both overs in this fight. Let's talk about the DFS side of things. I I, I think this is really to me, I always talk about X factors. This is the fight that has the X factor. Um, it's definitely going to decision. decision. Like I really think it is. Just like Vegas says, uh, it, it's minus 130. Both girls have been extremely durable. Um, Wiley's, like I say, she's got the output for days. She will go in there and just let her hands fly. Um, the 100% takedown defense, she's just well-rounded in there. Um, she, I think Rose will struggle to take her down. She's just going to be lit up. At every single inch that she tries to move in on uh, Wiley to take her down, you know, I think that that people are saying uh, that's a path for Rose to win this fight is let's get that grappling. You know, she almost attempts two takedowns per 15 minutes. You know, you got 25 minutes, maybe she's been able to mix in a takedown late. I don't think so. I don't see it. Um, you know, again, she Wiley's things got almost six and a half significant strikes per minute. That's just that's sustainable for this girl. She is so well-rounded. Um, remember the face that, uh, Joanna young Jacek had after, uh, fighting Zhang. It was the hematoma was just, uh, it looked like one of the Goonies characters. It was that horrendous. I think she can do the same thing to Rose. I think she's going to piece her up on the feet. I don't see the finish again. She's we've seen, uh, Johanna y- taken out before and, and Zhang just had her way with her for five rounds. That's why I think a ton of significant strikes are added up on this fight. And, you know, the X factor is really if takedowns are landed by either side, I would say. Uh definitely a hundred percent stack this fight in cash. This is a mortal lock, and I'm not even a cash guy. Uh wink wink, um, you know, the qualifier. Um, but you yeah, you can't look away, you know, five round decision against Johannes, you put up 104 points at nine K. That's fantastic for Wiley. Um I think win equity is going to come into play eventually at some point when, if the betting market continues to go towards Nama Yunus, she's going to be even more of a popular play. Um, I don't see a world where stacking this car, stacking this in a GPP makes any sense at all. Cause I still think that that striking keeps that uh, total down, you know, that overall upside. Um, that's why I like Zang in this fight. I like her to win and pretty single-handedly. Um, uh, definitely. I I think that I like her a little bit better than um, Valentina, which we just talked about, but Rose is definitely in play again. She, she has the tools. She has a little bit more tools than Wiley, you know, with the grappling side of things that um, I I think she can win this fight, but uh, I I like Wiley. It's hard to ignore her last fight, hundred points. You're getting a discount on that price.
0: Definitely. All right. On to the last fight, we have Kamaro Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Uh, it's a weird fight where Uzman is like a four to one favorite, but Masvidal is actually favored if it ends in the first round, which is unlikely. It's not expected to, but that's a super wide line to be a favorite for the underdog in the the first round. So, um, of the three main events, this is the least appealing one to me. Do you see anything differently there, Mike?
1: Least appealing for Jorge. That's the big thing here. We saw these two guys fight before. Fight Island, late notice. Um, Jorge Masquidal comes in, saves the card, um, dig, darn it. He didn't look that great. Uh, you know, I think that's why they're running it back. It makes no sense on paper. Why the heck do you have a guy who hasn't fought and the guy defended his title already in an Usman and looked fantastic and Masquidal hasn't fought once since then. And he automatically gets the title, uh, rematch it makes no sense to me. He basically won one single round on one judge's card during that five round fight, the original fight. And, you know, he had success in the feet. He hurt him early, I would say. He had some good strikes in the first round, and that's why the betting line. I mean, the betting line is just going to reflect exactly how the first fight went. First fight in five rounds, you'll never see, like, a guy like Usman's pace. This guy just comes forward. He's got hands for days, four and a half significant strikes per minute. He doesn't get hit to two and a uh, half basically per minute. And uh, you know, he's the one doing the wrestling. He's got the extremely aggressive wrestling um, Usman in the first fight, 156.3 DraftKings points. Give me that all day. I think he's just, you know, the strongest player on the card, 9,400, everybody and the mother are going to start their lineups with Usman. I really wonder about Masvidal because like, What could he have been up to over these last, you know, basically a few months here, recovering and and coming back into this fight? Like, how he, we know what he is. He's a striker, he's like a kickboxer, boxer. He likes to get in there and trade. Usman's not going to allow him to do that. He's going to stick that jab out. He's going to keep him at range if he has to and have that volume that's going to be scoring us points that we need. Uh, Again, he's the strongest play on the whole entire card and he doesn't even have finish upside, Sean. So that's how tricky this card is. I don't know in a world where he doesn't nail a ton of takedowns again and he finds success there. He had five takedowns against Masvidal. And again, that limits any of Masvidal's upside. Um, You know, on a card like this, I wish I could stack all three main events, but you know, again, when a guy like Masvidal is going to be blanketed perhaps for three rounds, um, that's not very good. Sorry, five rounds. That's not good at all. Um, So I I think Usman is very clearly the best play on the card. Um, I don't know, why you would fade him perhaps i mean i to be different inherently that makes sense but when a guy can absolutely uh his ceiling is even bigger than guys that can get a knockout in the first round sean a guy uh, gets a knockout in the first round 100 points luchman five rounds dominating from top position 156 how do you play a card like this i mean you're the gpp guy um it really does add a huge wrinkle because of this main event
0: yeah, there's lots of different options. And I think we will see ownership be a bit more spread out than normal because there's not really any clear cut far and away best plays. Uh, and there's just lots of ways to get different kinds of leverage in these spots. So I think that there could be quite a bit of differentiation going on this card. Do you agree with that? hundred um, and,
1: percent. And that's the big thing. I, I always like to run down the whole card as a whole uh, before we sign off here. You know, that top range, I'm not going to have as much Valentina as other people will, Sean. That's inherently different than people, right? Wouldn't you say people are going to say, okay, Valentina, Usman, Wiley. You can't even build a damn lineup if you go that route. That's why I immediately cross off Valentina. Let's look at Valentina's wins. She's actually in a third round uh scored E5. Carmouche, five round decision, 74. So it's not like, you know, she's the one that's the most likely to bust of all three. And that's why I don't want to have a ton of her. Usman, strongest play on the card. Really don't have to go too crazy on that one. Let's talk about these other ones. You know, Wiley, I think she's a fantastic play as well. I'll be starting a lot of my lineups with the Usman Wiley and then going from there because it just provides you so much floor. Um Let's talk about the Grant Zoo. Zoo has the strongest inside the distance. I'm probably going to go that route if I'm going to be differentiating myself. uh, I'm going Grant. Obviously, that's just there's he's got heavy hands. That makes sense. Crew, another elite guy on a card like this. So you know inherently right away when I'm saying I like these plays, Sean. Then you're immediately saying it's stars and scrubs lineups, right? I mean nobody's going to be going mid round uh, mid uh, builds on a card like this. There's just no way you can really do that.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, there's, it's re- going to be really difficult to pull something like that off. So I, I agree with that.
1: And then let's just skip a couple more. You have the Carnalosis. That's insane value, right? I mean, it's 8,600. People are going to be starting the lineups with her. And then sure. I really think that sure. you win lineups based on this, this, this middle range, this Allen to Wideman Robertson. These are the fighters that are really going to decide a card like this. And it's crazy to say that when, you know, you have such, big favorites, and smash spots. But I love this card for a lineup building um, viewpoint. I don't think you you have to have pieces of the five round. You can't just completely fade. That'd just be silly. But um, yeah, I, I, I look forward to seeing everybody in the free roll. Get your butts in there. We're going to be posting it uh, shortly in the Discord. I'll be posting it throughout the weekend as well. Check out all of us in there too. I'll be active in there with everybody else. Um, again, yeah, I love cards like this. It, game theories, it's it, it's fun. It's really fun when you have to build a card like this.
0: Definitely, yeah. And so, just to wrap up and to go over everything again, uh, everyone, make sure you go to Monkey Night Fight and use code Grinder. Or, yep, code Grinders. Sorry, Grinders with an S. I had to double check on that. Um, and then you get hundred dollars matched instantly with that deposit. So that's first. We'll have a listener's league. Mike's gonna post that in the Discord as soon as we are done for recording DraftKings. this. And he will be for DraftKings and he'll be posting that throughout the weekend. Make sure you get in there. Uh, make sure you beat me this time. Cause if I win a second one, whoo, I wouldn't want to listen next week's show if that happens. I Mike definitely won't want to be on the next week's show if that happens. No, right, Mike?
1: and he's gonna be sleeping, guys. So I'll make sure you're you guys are awake watching the
0: damn fights. Um, and then yeah everyone else uh, make sure you're following along the discord we'll have news and notes with anything that pops up whether it's cancellations or anything that pops up so mike anything else you want to add before this busy card and busy weekend we nope,
1: nothing from my side um good luck to everybody in the first round of the qualifier let's have some fun you know big prize pools out there and i think we're only going to continue to grow
0: All right, then we will wrap it up for Mike. I am Sean. Good luck to everyone out there this weekend on this pay-per-view card. We'll see you next week. Good luck.